It's time to dig in and discuss the questions on the minds of today's leaders. You are listening to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. This is where we get vulnerable, raw, and authentic about the stuff that really matters. Now, here is your host, Kathleen Reason. Welcome to The Kathleen Reason Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. And today we have a topic that is one of my favorites to talk about, and it is what do you do when you don't know what to do? What do you do when you don't know what to do? Which sounds like such a, a crazy topic. Like how could we even spend 55 minutes on this topic? Yet it's clear I work with executives all over the world that they call me up when they don't know what to do. And I'm the person that answers the phone. I'm the person that when they call up and, and they don't, they have these these enormous challenges in front of them, whether they seem enormous to anyone else in the world is irrelevant. It's enormous to them. So that's a key point right there. It doesn't matter what anybody else thinks, but it's enormous to them. And then they call me up and we walk through these. And the process that I use with each and every one of them is a five-step process. And today I'm going to teach you that process. Now, three, now it's almost four years ago now, I wish I had the current day me then I wish that I had somebody that I could have picked up the phone and could have walked through this five-step process with, but I didn't have me at the time. And I paid the prices. I muddled my way through and I figured it out, but there's no reason that anyone has to go through these big challenges by themselves. And what I'm talking about is think about if the people that I work with have an entrepreneur mindset. So they are an entrepreneur or they have an entrepreneur mindset which means you could be working in a corporate environment running a a company, but you have an entrepreneur mindset. So you are growth-minded, you are creative, you've got lots of different things going on. And if that's the case, then it can be pretty lonely when you've got a big challenge in front of you. Now, why is that? It's because typically the people that are around you have some kind of stake in what's going on. So if you're, let's just say you are an entrepreneur running lots of businesses or a business, and you're not sure whether you want to be in this business or not. This is one of the most common questions that I get when people call me up. They say, why do I have these thoughts that I want to quit my business? This is the business that I started from day one. I remember what it was like to be in the startup mode. And I, that was a lot of work. Why would I want to go back to that? And so they ask themselves these questions, but if they go to their partner, like their their life partner or their business partner, even they have, those people have a stake in the outcome. If I go to a spouse and I say, Hey, I'm not sure if I want to be in this anymore. Well, what typically happens is that spouse, they, they are enjoying a, a paycheck that that person gets or, or the benefits piece of it. And so it can be really hard to be totally unbiased. And depending on your spouse's or your partner's level of uh, emotional intelligence, they may make it about them. It's not that they're a bad person, not at all. It's just that they have a stake in the game. They have a horse in the race. And so they want to see some kind of outcome. Of course, they want you to be happy. Of course, they want what's best for you. But sometimes it can be really hard to see what that is. And so the people around you could be biased. You could go to somebody that you've met in the community, uh, in your community, and you want to talk to them about it. And so absolutely, that person could be a great sounding board for you. And oftentimes what we find is 
they that as humans, we aren't trained in the questioning, really listening and asking questions. And so we tend to just listen to whatever's being said to us. And then we issue an opinion. So if I were in your shoes, this is what I would do. But what I know to be true is that when you're asking yourself these really tough questions, you don't actually want an opinion. Because guys, it doesn't matter what I think. Ladies, it doesn't matter what I think. Because when somebody calls me up and is asking me, they don't really care what I think. What they're asking is support me in sorting through what's in the way so that I can determine what I believe. It's always about the person in front of us, which means if I'm going through a really tough challenge, I don't want to hear what 15 other people would do if they were in my situation. I want to believe, I want to make a decision for myself on what I want to do. Because everyone knows that we have everything that we require in order to make decisions and move forward. I've read in my book before on this show. So I wrote this book, Joy and Uncertainty, A Guide to Creating a Meaningful Life. And on page three, it says, I do not have all the answers. That's me, Kathleen Reeson, saying, I do not have all the answers. In fact, I have none of the answers. So I'm saying here to you today, I have none of the answers. But do you know who has the answers? You, you have the answers, which is so beautiful. You have all the answers. So why do you need someone like me? Because oftentimes, what's between you and the answer is a whole bunch of other stuff. Lots of thoughts, opinions, judgments, all kinds of stuff that's between you and the answer. And so my role, and if you really have a great coach or advisor, this is the role they're, they're playing. Our role is to dig through that stuff that's in the way so that you can see your answer. Not my answer. Not somebody else's answer. You can see your answer. And so first, the, the very first step in this process, before I even get to the five steps, is to have that unbiased advisor by your side. Because I guarantee you, the bigger game that you play, the more questions that you're going to have that are going to be really hard for you to answer. And the stakes get higher, which means you're going to have prices to pay on either end of your decisions. So these aren't easy decisions that you're being tasked with. You could play a small game where the prices get smaller, or you could play a big game, which means you're up to something big, but the stakes get higher. So you get to find somebody that has no stake in the game other than your success. So what I tell my clients is I offer the unbiased perspective. I have no horse in the race except for your success. That's all I care about. It's not about my opinion. It's not about anybody else's opinion, but your opinion. That's what's most important. And so we just get the stuff out of the way. So first, find somebody that gets to be that for you. And if you think, oh, that's the role that my spouse plays, or that's the role that this person plays, ask them, do you want to play this role for me? Because I'll tell you right now, I asked my husband to be in this role years ago. And I just assumed as my husband, he would want to be in this role. I also asked him to be in charge of the technology at my company. So when I first launched my very first company, my husband would come home from work and he'd be working eight, nine, 10, 11 hour days. He traveled a lot and he'd come home. And the minute that he walked in the door, I'd say, the computer broke, the printer's not working. He would become the technology director. And then as soon as I wrote a proposal, I would say, could you look over this? And he became my editor. And then as I made more and more decisions, he became my sounding board and my coach. 
And the titles that he had grew. All of a sudden, he had 50 titles. And he didn't ask for any of these, except for husband. He asked for husband, and later on, he asked for father. But those were the only titles that he assumed that, that he took on. The others, I just gave to him. So when I went back and said, I use you in this coach and advisor role quite a bit. Tell me about that for you. And he expressed how challenging it was because in the moment he wasn't sure. Do you want me to speak as your husband, as your coach, as your advisor, as your consultant, as your editor? And he listed all these titles and it wasn't because he was mad. It was because he really didn't know. And then fast forward, when he was running businesses, he did the same thing to me. And I can tell you how confusing it was because I didn't know how he wanted me to show up. Do you want me to answer as your wife? Do you want me to answer as your business partner? Do you want me to answer as your coach? Do you want me to answer as your consultant? Do you want me to answer as your marketer? Do you want me to answer as your editor? Who do you want me to be for you in this moment? And it was so confusing. And I'll tell you one of the things that I've talked about on this show, but it's not something we get to do an entire show just on this. But my husband has had, he has a mental illness. He has anxiety and depression. It's something that most of the time is well-managed. That in marriage alone is a challenge. That in parenting three active boys is a challenge. That in running businesses, multiple businesses can be a challenge. And so we have to be very clear on our communication. And there have been times where we were not clear on our communication. (laughs) It was really challenging. But now what I've learned about my husband and what he's learned about me is that when he starts a conversation, he likes to just go in deep. And I'm left figuring out, wait, 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 where's the point here? What is he asking me to do? And it can take me like up to 10 minutes to figure out what he's asking. And he's been giving really great, highly, he's a high, high analyzer. He's been really giving really great, high detail information for 10 minutes, but I didn't know what I was supposed to do with it. So I didn't really hear it. And I didn't hear it through whatever lens he wanted me to hear it. And then when I would talk, I would be so excited. I would be asking something of him and he would hear what I wanted, but he didn't hear the details behind it which is what he likes, the details. He didn't hear the details. He just heard the overall, hey, could you edit this for me? I'm so excited. Here's where it's going. And I'm talking at this high pitch and I'm going really fast. But what he wanted to hear was the details. And so what I realized was I wasn't asking of him clearly what I wanted, period. So could you be my coach? Could you be my husband? Could you be my partner? Pause giving him a chance to acknowledge this and say yes or no, and then moving on. That is really complicated. And being able to have that level of conversation with your business partner or your spouse takes a lot of work. I'll tell you that. (laughs) My husband and I have spent years working on this very piece and we are, we've improved significantly and we've still got a long way to go. And so what I'm saying is that if you're using your partner in this way, business partner, spouse, any partners around you, make sure that they're okay, that you're utilizing them in this way. Give them a chance to say no and be okay with it. It's okay because know that that is a valuable resource that you get to have. It just doesn't always have to come from that person. A coach 
and an advisor can serve in that role. But what's key is that you have somebody that's unbiased. So when I tell you that my clients call me up and they call me when they don't know where to go, that's the value. So you get to find somebody in your life that can be that for you. And I'll tell you what, my husband recently found somebody that is that for him. It's not me. Now, it it can be me on occasion, but it's not me 100% of the time. And it was such a relief for me. Such a relief. Because I got to be the wife. I got to be other roles. And I know that I can still be the coach. I can still be, but I don't have to be. I'm not the only one serving in that role. And so it was really, really important to me that he was able to have someone else that could be that role for him. Because I know when it comes to my husband and myself and what he wants to create, I have a horse in that race that is more than just his success. It goes to my success. It goes to our family's success. So I cannot be 100% unbiased in that relationship. So he gets to have somebody that can be. So think about that. What are you hearing me say? Think about your own life. Who is it that's 100% unbiased that when you show up, does not show up with judgment, so not judging what you're saying, but really supporting you and getting to what it is that you want and getting to get that stuff that's in the way so that you can get to your answer because it's not about their answer. I have wonderful parents, one in heaven, one, one on the earth with me. And I ask my parents all the time, it used to be for advice. I used to say, what would you do in this situation? And over the years, the, my language shifted into, could you support me in understanding what I, what I get to do in this situation? And it became less about them giving me advice and me sifting through it, them just listening and asking questions. And so that was really valuable, especially as my mom has has died. So 50% of that support system is gone. And I've gotten other support systems that have been equally as powerful for me. But my parents, they had less of a horse in the race because I didn't live with them. They weren't counting on me for any sort of financial contribution. So when you think about that, really make sure. And we spent the entire first part of the segment of the show just focused on having somebody that's unbiased around you. Because it's vital. If you're up to a big game, if you want to create something incredible in this world, if you want to make the change that you've been talking about, you've got to have somebody around you that's willing to point out the blind spot, that's willing to say, hey, just want to point out, this is what I hear you saying, and this is what I, where I see you. Seems to me like there's a gap there. And not from a place of judgment, but then you can see it. You can say, oh, Well, hey, thanks for sharing that with me. That is the value of having somebody unbiased around you. Now, that is, let's call that step 0.5 because we haven't even gotten to the five steps. That's what we're going to talk about next, but we're going to go on a quick break before that. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Enjoy this quick break. There's going to be even more when we get back. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Are you a subject matter expert? 
Are you here to share your expertise with an audience waiting to hear from you in only the way you can deliver? Are you ready to have your voice amplified across the airwaves? Inspired Choices Network has a global radio platform streaming to millions of people across the world. Professionally produced and supported by an accomplished team every step of the way, you can broadcast from anywhere in the world knowing your voice matters and we ensure it is delivered with ease and efficiency. Eager to hear your message, the world awaits. Contact us today to become an Inspired Choices Network radio host. Email becomeahost at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. So today we are talking about what to do when you don't know what to do. And I'm talking the five-step experience, the five-step to clarity, that's a process that I call it, that I walk through my entrepreneurial-minded clients, so executives and entrepreneurs that are building creation of some kind, businesses, organizations. Those are the people that I work with. And when they don't know what to do, they call me up. And that is step Let's call it A, 0.5. It's before the step five step process. And so you get to have that. You get to have the unbiased advisor that has no horse in the race except your own success. That's so key. Then we enter into the five step process. So now you've got that person. You picked up the phone, you've dialed their number, and you've said, Hey, Kathleen, I'm in a pickle. I'm in the middle. I can't figure out what to do. I don't know what to do. And the first question, that I ask is, catch me up. What's going on? The very first question that I ask in any relationship that I'm in, whether we've been in a relationship for a long time or we've been there for just a few minutes, I want to know what's going on. How do you see the problem? And so step one is about listening and questions. So I am not just listening for what you say. I'm listening for what you don't say. I'm listening to underneath the words. There are the words that you choose and then there's the melody that's underneath it. The melody actually reveals just as much about the challenge that you're in as the words. So I'm not listening from a space of judgment. I'm listening to see where are you? Where do you believe that you are? And so through a series of questions, we're really digging into what's working for you. What are some of the challenges that you see? Now, how we see challenges. Okay, think about this as if you've got glasses on your head. When you've got glasses on, you can see what's in front of you. So uh, if you've ever been to a horse race, so we, we said no other, no other horse in the race, think about this as if you're at a horse race. Now, if you go to a horse race, what you'll see is that horses wear blinders. And the reason they wear blinders is because you don't want a horse getting distracted by the other horses or things beside them. When they line up, the horses are all lined up nose to nose to nose. And so what they're, I guess it would be like side to side to side, but you got them all lined up. And if you walked up and down, you would see the horse's heads. Okay. And so a horse, when a horse gets spooked, it kicks. And if you're riding a horse, you don't want it to kick. If you're racing a horse, you don't want it to kick. So these horses, we put blinders on them so that they can't see what's going on around them. Now, when we're thinking about the problem that's in front of us, we often have blinders on. That doesn't, these aren't blinders like, like real things on our faces, but that's how we look at problems is we look at them with blinders, which means we see what's in front of us, but we don't always see what's on the peripherals. But we don't always see that because 
it may not seem relevant at the time to you. But for me, when I'm talking to my clients, I want to know what's on the peripherals. I want to know what's going on all around. Because when I see all the peripherals, when I know what's working, what's not working, what's frustrating you, what's exciting you, tell me about your life, tell me about your business, tell me about if you're married, your marriage, tell me about your kids. So I'm gathering all of this data. If we've been in a relationship for a long time, most of the stuff I'm probably all gonna, already going to know. But if this is new, we got to figure out all of this information. We get to put it out on the table. We get to sift through it. It may not seem important to you at the time because it may not seem relevant to the problem that's in front of you. The number one problem that people call me with is they say, do I really want to leave? This goes much deeper than career counseling or career coaching, which you can see there's quite a bit of career coaches out there. So wonderful. A lot of people need that. What we're talking about when we ask do I want to quit my business, the business that I started or I've been in for a long time? Do I want to walk away from that? What the, what's usually underneath that is saying, when I started, I wanted to fulfill a certain purpose. And now the question is, did I fulfill that? And am I ready to move on? Or did I not fulfill it? And I'm still ready to move on? Or did I not fulfill it? And my purpose has shifted and now it no longer serves me. And so we're really digging in and understanding what is really The question, what's really the question? Because we think it's the question that we came with. Do I really want to quit my business? Yeah, number one question that I get. But what I really hear underneath that is the backstory as to why that might be coming up. So number one, we're really digging in and we're understanding the listening, the questioning so that we get the full picture get the full picture. And then once we're complete with that, then we can move into step two. And step two is about defining your purpose and your vision. This is not about the business. We'll get to the business. The business gets its time, but this is about you. And as I just said, most of the time when people come to me and they say, do I want to quit my business? What they're really asking me is, has my purpose shifted? And is this really aligned with it? And I In order for somebody to answer that, we got to be crystal clear on what your purpose is today, what your vision, what you want to create in the world. That's your vision is how you use your purpose in the world vision. That's vision. And when those two come together, that's where the magic happens. That's where you want to spend your time and your energy. And so right now we're not worrying about the work that you're doing. Is it aligned with where the purpose and vision is? We're not there yet. We are spending time in our purpose and our vision. And so there's a series of exercises that I utilize. Other other advisors have different exercises, but a series of exercises that I utilize to pull forward your vision. One of them that's my ultimate favorite that makes people very uncomfortable is to imagine that it's their funeral. So actually take them through a closed eye experience where they really believe that it is their end of their life. Now, this sounds incredibly uncomfortable. And if you're just hearing my words here, you might be thinking, who would ever choose that? Why would you want to put yourself through that? And I'll tell you, this exercise has single-handedly changed the course of people's lives. This exercise is one of the most critical ways to really understand what it is that you want. We can spend most of our lives going after things that aren't really that important to us. My aunt is a hospice nurse. 
And she shared with me, she's been in her career over 30 years. And she shared with me that at the end of people's lives, what they often come back to them and say is, I wish I would have done that differently. I wish I would have spent more time with my family and my friends. It's, it's around their deathbed when they see who's chosen to show up or who hasn't chosen to show up, that they can really reveal the gap that they've created in their lives. But here's the thing. We don't have to wait until we are just about done with our life to have that conversation. We don't know how many days we have left. When we're living in the present, all we know is what we have in this moment. So you get to identify what your purpose, your purpose alone is, why you are here on this earth. When given everything that we've been through for the last few years, it is very easy to say that we could be one of those people that's not here anymore, but we're not. We're here in this moment. We're living. And so there is a reason that we're here. And as long as you're aligned with that and you know that there is a reason that I'm here, then the next step is to understand what your vision is and how you're going to put that together. So this is why step two is about understanding your unique purpose and your unique vision. We work through these exercises so that you are crystal clear on this is how I'm meant to show up in this world. And then once we're complete with that, can we actually move to step three, which is about framing the problem? It's called frame the problem. And what we're really understanding is where's the gap? So I had a client, this client, he is in his fifties. He calls me up. Hello. I don't know what I want to do. What do I do when I don't know what to do? Called me. Yay. And he says to me, I think I want to quit my business. Now, there are lots of different words that people could use to say that. Those weren't the exact words that he said, but that was the gist of it because that's the gist that a lot of, it's the number one question that I get. So he calls me up and I listened and I asked a lot of questions. And then we moved into step two. We listened, this happens over a period of time. Then I listened to his purpose and I listened to his vision and what he wanted to create. And he had a deep desire to serve nonprofits. And he thought that he got to switch his for-profit business into a nonprofit or close it and start a nonprofit because that was his desire. But when we actually dug down into, in, in step three, framing the problem, what we realized was that in his company, he actually, 25% of his resources, he gave away to nonprofits. So pro bono work, 25%. And that's, that's an unreal number. When he, had, when he looked at that, when he saw how much of his time he is spending giving, what he realized was he hadn't embraced that that's how he's grown his business. And he saw that and he goes, wow, the problem isn't that I want to quit my business. The problem is that I want to be purposeful about the organizations that we choose to work with. So he changed the organizations that he chose to give their time and their money and their talents to. And he called forward the ones who was very specific about the ones that he wanted to serve. And he used those during this 25%. Now his business is thriving. It's thriving, but he really got to be clear about how he showed up, how his business showed up. And so then we started to pull in, okay, if this is what you want. And this is what, you, how, what you're doing right now in your own business or on your own job, whatever that looks like. What's really in the middle? What's the gap? Once we know the gap, 
then we can frame the problem. Now we're very specific because I'll tell you, even though what people call me on is a, I want to quit my business, why do I want to quit my business? The actual question underneath it, when we reframe the problem, is I've lost my purpose and my vision. So what I'm doing became something that I just showed up for. And so at that point, we either get to reinvigorate ourselves and our businesses. We get to sell our businesses, walk away from our businesses. I mean, there's limited options at that point. And so what we do is we then go through and we move in to step four, which is creating the path and the checkpoints along the way. Now, this is the one that takes a little bit longer because we're actually going to create the progress. And I'll tell you an example of a client that I was working with. This happens to also be one of my businesses. So it was my business partner that I worked with on this, but we actually had two different businesses. So I was serving as the, the uh, business, the executive advisor in this case, and then he was serving as the client. So there are two different businesses He says, I want to create a premier business with 250 members. And this is, this is an in-person business during COVID. So we didn't know when we set this goal, we didn't know COVID was going to happen. We ended up merging businesses. We ended up creating an incredible experience where students could come into. Then COVID happened. We go digital. We come back. We go, we come back online and every single thing that could possibly stop this from happening to get to the 250 members happened every single thing. And yet, because we had the accountability, I can't tell you how many times we had the conversation, I don't know what to do. And we moved through it. That happened so many times. That's the value of having an unbiased advisor by your side. And guess what? Last week, we celebrated 250 members in that business. Yay. It was so exciting. We celebrated. It wasn't even like, yeah, it was like, yes. I mean, huge. If you look at statistics, the fact that we made it through all of that stuff and kept in with our vision is unheard of. It's like top 1% type stuff right there. Because most of the time when we are faced with the wall, the hurdle, the wall is like, I've gone as far as I can. And wow, the stakes just got higher. And I don't know if I want to walk through it or not. Most people don't walk through it. When you're at a marathon and you get to mile 25, do you know what happens? Up until mile 25, the mile markers are one mile, two mile, three mile, 10 mile, 15 mile, 20 mile, 23 miles, 24 miles, 25 miles. And then guess what? Something pretty cool happens. Instead of counting up, we count down 0.9, 0.8, 0.7. 0.6, You're there. The finish line. There's a reason that is there is a tunnel and a shoot into the finish line. It's not just because people want to st- want to stand around and cheer you on. It's about the psychology of it. Most people want to quit up until the last mile, even in that last mile, that's the hardest part because we go 95% of the way and our bodies are tired. We are pushed beyond our limits. And what gets us through that last mile are people cheering us on the energy. It carries us forward and we're literally just moving forward. But anything that stands in our way 
can easily take us out of the game. Look up the statistic about how many people quit in the last mile of a race. It's really, really high. Go watch a race. Go, go to your local neighborhood race. So most communities have races. Go watch them. Watch what happens in the last part of a race. It is the hardest part. So if you want to have a really, really, really hard race, you'll wait. You'll actually put, if you're going to the race planner, you're going to put a hill towards the end of that race. It would be a killer. People would quit on that hill. You just watch it. This is what I'm talking about. Having an unbiased advisor that can say, yes, I saw this coming and we're going to work through it. We're going to go through it. That is the trick in step four. It's having checkpoints along the way. It's having that person that you can call when something goes wrong. Something goes unexpected. You call them up and say, I don't know what to do. And we walk through this process because we say, take a deep breath. That's the very first thing. Deep breath. It's okay. And believe me, I've closed businesses. I've sold businesses. I've merged businesses. I've lost a ton of money. I've made money. All these things, they're going to happen. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. If you play a big enough game, you will lose and you will win, but you will lose. And it's not fun to lose. Like that's the worst thing ever. Nobody wants to lose. But having an unbiased advisor by your side when you're playing a big game is critical. It is critical. All right, team, we are going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to go even deeper. Yes, it is possible. You are listening to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. I'll see you in a minute. Are you enjoying the conversations on the Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. How wonderful would it be to carry your favorite Inspired Choices Network host with you throughout your day? Well, now you can. Inspired Choices Network now has its very own mobile app. Our free app offers live streaming shows along with thousands of podcasts and TV episodes. Our shows cover a wide variety of topics. Whether you're waking up with us, carrying us through the day, and taking us to bed with you, we're always here for you to enjoy. We're easy to find. Just search for Inspired Choices Network in the Apple App Store or Google Play Store. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show. Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at inspiredchoicesnetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to the Kathleen Reeson Show, Pushing the Boundaries of Leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. And today we've been talking all about what to do when you don't know what to do. We've been talking about the five-step process I use for my clients, my executive and entrepreneurial-minded clients that call me up and they say, I don't know what to do. And the very, the step, step zero, before we even get to this five-step process is about having that unbiased advisor. Then once you call that unbiased advisor, the role that I play is I ask, listen, really listen deeply and ask questions. That's step one. Step two, we get into actually defining your purpose and your vision because what typically happens is we've lost sight of that. And so that's what creates this gap, this feeling of I meant for something more, but I don't really know what it is. It's redefining your purpose and your vision. 
Then we move into step three, which is framing up the problem. It's understanding what is the problem actually that we're facing, because here's a little secret, what people call me for and what they actually want typically aren't the same thing. They're typically a difference. And it's all, it's, there's nothing wrong with that person. Nobody's stupid. It's not a problem. It, it's, it's all about our mindset and how we approach the world. This is just a common challenge. And so know that it's there and it's okay. But having an unbiased advisor that can sort through that is really valuable. And then we get into step four, which is setting checkpoints. And uh, it's, it's, really, it's creating that path and setting those checkpoints. Now, before I even start work with my clients, what I ask them is saying, at some point in this process, now I say it like that at some point, but I'll tell you what, there's a little secret, is going to happen halfway between step four, creating the path and the checkpoint. So halfway, if whatever path we set up, it's a three-month path, if it's a six-month path, at the halfway point, you're going to want to quit. I'm doing my job and I'm holding you accountable and we've set the path and we've set the checkpoints. So you're playing a bigger game. You're going to want to quit. This happens like clockwork. And to my clients, it comes as a surprise, but to me, it does not. And so before we enter into an engagement, I say there will come a point when you will call me and you will want to quit. What would you like me to do in that moment? And then you, and then, and then you tell me, you say, well, here's what I want you to ask me. I want you to remind me of your vi- my vision. I want you to boom, boom, boom. Call my mom. <laughs> Somebody told me that once. I thought it was so beautiful. I chuckled and I said, okay, give me your number. What's her name and her number? Said, Call my mom. She can kick me into gear. So obviously his mom had a race, a horse in the race and that was okay. But he said, when I want to quit, you call her because she'll tell me I got to keep playing. I said, beautiful. Now, I didn't have to go to that point. I didn't actually have to call his mom, but I would have. I absolutely would have. Some people say show up at my front door and they don't live in my town, but I absolutely would get on a plane and and show up at their front door if that's what it requires. But I'll tell you one story that I have. I had a client. I was actually at my grandpa's funeral. So this is uh, about a year and a half ago. I'm at my grandpa's funeral. I was driving my mom's, my mom's dad. So I was driving my mom's car behind the hearse. Now, my grandpa, my, my grandma and grandpa, they lived on a family farm. And it was really important that the family farm going to be, that was, that was their legacy, uh, our, us kids and this, this farm, this experience that they created. And so they had this uh, horseshoe-shaped road in front of their house. And the hearse drove in this horseshoe-shaped road, and, but, but us as... Uh, guests we didn't so i was right behind the hearse in my mom's car the hearse pulls into this horseshoe shaped road and gets ready to come out and i notice my phone ringing now normally i wouldn't answer this but it happens to be one of my clients and i knew he was going through some stuff and so i answered the phone and i said hey i just want you to know i am in a funeral procession right now i only have about 30 seconds how can i support you and he immediately says I'm so sorry. Like, I didn't mean to call you. I said, no, no, 30 seconds, go. What's going on? He says, remember when you said that I would want to quit? I said, I want to quit. Oh my gosh, I want to quit. I said, okay, cool. Are you going to? He says, no. It's awesome. So we celebrated the fact that he acknowledged that he wanted to quit. 
because wanting to quit and actually quitting are two entirely different things. And I believe that sometimes we, we make it be one thing. Just because we think we want to quit means we're going to quit. And that's not the case. What I know to be true is there are two very distinct things. People that want to quit most of the time don't actually quit, but we really get to dig into it. So I said, okay, awesome. We celebrate that you want to quit. I hear you saying you don't want to quit, and I will be back on Monday. Do you want to talk about this between now and Monday? He says, no, nah, I'm good. I said, okay, I'll see you later. And that was our conversation. But simply having the space to be able to reveal to someone that didn't have a horse in the race except his success was enough to move him past the wanting to quit. Simply having a space where he could say, I want to quit, knowing that he's not going to quit, but he got to put it somewhere. I have had people yell at me, call me up, yell at me. If you heard these conversations, you would say, why do you put up with that, Kathleen? And here's the difference. It's not about me. It's not about me. Now, do I create spaces where I want people to yell at me all the time? Of course not. But sometimes we have so much anger or frustration or angst that we just get to get it out in a safe place. That we just, what we require is somebody to hold the phone and listen. And then that happens, I'll pull it a little further away from my ear so that it's not directly in my ear because that would hurt. Or if we're in person or we're on Zoom, however we're interacting, you get to get it out. It's okay. Because when we stuff those feelings down, it doesn't work. And then it creates more challenges. We're breaking stuff at home. We're yelling at people left and right. That doesn't work. We're getting mad at the office. People start quitting because they don't want to be around you. That doesn't work. But having a space where you can just let it out. And at the end, someone says to you, are you done? Is there more? And then we just move past it. That is the value of having an unbiased advisor. That is the value of having somebody that's got your back. That is the value of having somebody who has no other horse in the race except your success. And that's what you deserve. It's what I deserve. It's what I've created for my life. And I believe that everyone gets to have that. Because it is our pathway to creating joy in this world. There's a lot of sadness. There's a lot of anger. There's a lot of, a lot of uh, frustration. But I believe in a world where we get to have joy and ease. I believe in a world where we get to be supported. And I believe in a world where we get to receive. For me, receiving was the hardest, which means I would give and give and give and give to everyone around me. But when somebody wanted to give to me, very hard. And if you look at people, perhaps you're one of them, that are in executive ranks, we've often gotten there because we're really good at being independent. We're really good at playing a game where we're working with other people, but we can move forward on our own. What I hear over and over and over again is how lonely it is at the top. Now, the top can be defined a lot of different ways. It's not about somebody else's top. It's about your top. And if it's lonely there, just know that it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be. It's a choice. And so there are people like me out there that are here for you. 
We are here for you. So step four is about creating the path and setting the checkpoints. And then there's step five, which is the best step. Step five is celebrating. We are acknowledging that we're hitting those checkpoints. It's not a finality. We don't just celebrate once at the end. We celebrate at each checkpoint. Doesn't have to look big. We don't have to have caviar and champagne unless we want to, but we get to celebrate. It's that check-in because what I know to be true, if you're anything like me, we just blow past those. Yeah, we did that. Yeah, we sold this business. Yeah, we made a million dollar deal. Yeah, we wrote a book. Yeah, we did this. Yeah, we did that. Where everybody else is like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. How'd you celebrate? What? I mean, I, I, I had a good night's sleep. I, I don't know. I didn't really celebrate it. We blow past our successes. And when we do that, we're just chasing the next one. And it can make it really, really hard to realize our successes. The words I used not that long ago was, I just don't have any wins. And my husband said to me, you are crazy. So he said, you are crazy. You get to redefine how you look at wins. And when I looked at that, I said, oh, I fell into the trap. It's so easy to do this. So then I went to my advisor and I said, why in the world am I not counting any of this as a win? I set my standards so high that I only counted a win one way. And when I wasn't there, when I couldn't create it in that way, it felt miserable. And so I got to redefine what I thought of as a win. And so this is why step five is so important. Celebration is about celebrating your wins. Wins don't have to be closing this contract. Wins could be, I got up out of bed today and I didn't hit snooze. Win could be, wins could be, I got all the kids to school and we didn't have any fighting. Wins could be, I said hello to all of my employees today. Wins could be, I went to the bathroom without interruptions today. I mean, wins can look a whole lot of different ways. But sometimes in our minds, our mind plays tricky tricks on us. We only look at wins one way. And when we do that, we're playing a really long game and it can be really lonely. So we get to celebrate our wins. That's step five. And it's so important. All of these steps are important. I don't think there's one step that's more important than the other, but step five is the one that's overlooked the most. It's overlooked the most. So we have covered so much in the last 45 minutes. We're gonna go on a quick break. And when we get back, we're gonna tie it all together. You are listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership here on Inspired Choices Network. We've been talking all about what to do when you don't know what to do. And you're going to enjoy this quick break. When we come back, we'll pull it all together. Enjoy. Are you enjoying the conversations on The Kathleen Reeson Show? Kathleen speaks both in person and virtually at companies, conferences, and retreats all over the world. Learn about booking Kathleen Reeson for your next event at KathleenReeson.com. That's KathleenReeson.com. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. To participate in the program, join our live studio audience in our chat room at InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Now, back to the program. Welcome back to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Today, we've been talking all about what to do when you don't know what to do. And the reason that I was bringing this show to you today is because I wish that years ago, there was a me that I could have called. 
I wish that I had the unbiased advisor that I could call up and I could say, hey, I don't know what to do. And that person could have supported me. Now I have those people around me, but I didn't. And it was lonely. It was isolating. And everyone deserves how to have that person around them. Everyone deserves to be able to have that person that they can just go and share openly without judgment. I went through an exercise. I shared it the last few weeks where I talked with my clients. I really went through my messaging and my branding to understand of all the things that I do, what's the things that are really impactful? What really matters? Every single one said the exact same thing. So I'm out here as Kathleen Reese and saying, huh, I wonder what those words are that really land with my audience so that they knew what it was that I did. And yet when I asked my clients, they had the answer, which is what happens over and over again. You may think your branding's one way, but then you ask your clients and they tell you it's something else. And then you wonder, which is it? Not what you think. It's what your clients think because your messaging always lays with your clients. So that's a whole other conversation. But when I walk through that, what I heard my clients say over and over again is that Kathleen, if you did nothing else for me, they said, I never felt judged. You are the person that offered me the unbiased perspective. One of my clients even said, we've got consultants coming out of our armpits, our butts, everywhere. <laughs> we've got all kinds of consultants. But consultants don't show up unbiased. And you do. I always look forward to our conversations because you ask me the questions that get me to think and see what it is that I want. So those are words that my clients have said. And so what I'm sharing with you today is it is really important for you to have an unbiased advisor. If you're playing in the role that I believe you're in, if, if you're attracted to this show, you're in some kind of executive or entrepreneurial role. If you have an entrepreneurial mindset, then you get to have an, an unbiased advisor, which means somebody that's not going to judge you for whatever comes up in your mind. Somebody that's going to listen, that's going to ask you questions. Step one, listening and questions. Dig deeper. Not just hearing what you have to say, but hearing what you don't say, because that is just as important. It's not hidden. It's not saying that you're not revealing information to them. It's saying that there's always something beneath our words. <coughs> Excuse me. There's always something underneath it. And a, a trained advisor will be able to hear that and ask you questions. They'll hear it before you'll hear it. They'll say things where you'll say, yeah, that makes sense. That's yeah, absolutely. How'd you hear that? Did I say that? You have no idea. And you actually think you did say it, but it's because they hear things beneath the words. That's what they're doing. A lot of psychologists are trained in that way as well. So it's really important to be clear on who you choose to be this unbiased advisor for you. Step one, they listen and ask questions. Step two, they define your purpose and your vision, not their purpose and not their vision, not what your purpose and your vision was when you started your company or when you came to this company. It's not about that. It's about what your purpose and your vision is today. What is it today in this moment? And then we move on to step three, which is framing the problem. It's actually understanding what we get to shift, what we get to close, where the gap is. And so it's redefining the problem, framing it in a different way. What people come to me in step one asking is the problem is often not the problem when we actually create it in step three. Step three, we're then going to take that problem and we're going to move into step four, which is building the path and creating the checkpoints. 
So it's saying that we're going to actually solve whatever is in front of us. For example, my client that wanted a 250 membership based gym, they were at 225 in two locations, but to merge them, they knew they were going to lose a lot of clients. So there were a lot of things in the process that got to happen. Then COVID happened. So we had a lot of different challenges that we got to work through, but we got through each of the steps. Then we move into step five. Excuse me again. Once you get into step five, we celebrate. So when that client hit 250, we celebrate. We don't just acknowledge it. We celebrate. The conversation that I had with them at the end of last week was defining what the celebration looks like because we're not just going to blow past this goal. And then what they asked me was, okay, well, how do we get to 300? That's our new vision. And I said, pause. That's the next step. It's not, that's the next checkpoint. It's not the vision. We get to redefine the vision, which means sometimes in this step, when I work with my clients, we can go from step five back to step two, then to step three, then to step four, then to step five, then back to step two, step three, step four, step five. And eventually my clients get so great at that. They don't need me anymore. I work myself out of jobs all the time. It's a beautiful process. My average clients with me for 18 months before they work themselves out of that process. It is so exciting to graduate them. And they become, they are my lifelong friends. They get to graduate because they get this process. They understand it and they can move forward. And then they can serve others in the same way. They are advisors for people around them. One second. (coughs) Excuse me. So we have all kinds of exciting things happening on this show. We have talked today about what to do when you don't know what to do. I show up here every Monday live at 11 a.m. Eastern time, 10 a.m. Central. And we have so much exciting content each week. So please join us. If you want, you you heard the show today and you said, I could use an unbiased advisor and Kathleen, maybe you're the one for me. Reach out. Kathleen at KathleenReason.com is how to get a hold of me. I am so approachable. I want to hear what you're up to. And no, the first question I'm going to ask you is catch me up. Let me know what's going on. And we're going to, just like a horse, we're going to take those blinders off and we're going to see the peripherals. We're going to dig in and we're going to understand what's going on in your life. What's going on in your work? What's really at the root of what's going on for you? So when you don't know what you don't know, you have two choices. You can sit in it, do nothing, or you can call an unbiased advisor. I'll be that unbiased advisor for you. If you promise to reach out, say hello, say that you listen to the show. And I'll answer because that's what I do. You call, I answer. It's so fun. So my challenge for you this week, think about it. Who is your unbiased advisor? If it's your partner in any way, business partner, spouse, life partner, whatever that is for you, go ask them, do you want to be this for me? And if nobody is that for you, call me, email me, Kathleen at KathleenReason.com. Thank you so much for listening to this show. I will see you next week. Thank you for listening to The Kathleen Reeson Show, pushing the boundaries of leadership. Kathleen Reeson will return next Monday at 11 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 10 a.m. Central, 9 a.m. Mountain, and 8 a.m. Pacific on InspiredChoicesNetwork.com. Have a great week.